If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. Howdy, folks. Happy Tuesday. Uh, we have lots to discuss, obviously, with uh, you know us ramping up. I think it's 22 days to January 13th, and hopefully there won't be any major delays in the start of the NHL season. But obviously, with the world the way it is right now, we always have to foresee the possibility of delays. Uh, Ak is delayed. He'll be here in a few, sec- a few moments. But uh, while we're waiting for him, we'll start the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. I mean, everything gets delayed <clears throat> in this era, so we we understand. Um, let's let's talk a little football from last night, where the Cincinnati Bengals did the Pittsburgh Steelers, as they say in this neck of the woods, and it's really because of Ben Roethlisberger. Like they've lost their last few games because Ben Roethlisberger is old and fat, and he. <laughs> He tried to defend his weight. Mike Mike and I saw this like months and months ago where he just looked massive. Yes. And he blamed it on his beard. He said, oh, yeah, I lost five pounds when I shaved my beard. Ha, ha, ha. But <clears throat> end of the day, it's not like he could go around shaking off defenders anymore because he could barely move. And like yesterday, here's his numbers, like 20 for 38, 170 yards, a touchdown and an interception against a really lousy team. And they – Bengals did everything right, the same way the Jets did when they got their win. And the Steelers really didn't have um, all that many answers. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster also got his comeuppance because every game pregame, he now dances on the opponents. Um, if he's at an away game, he yeah. dances on their logo. And he took a pop yesterday in that game. Not only did he fumble the ball – but he probably thought better of now maybe doing his little pregame dance. Yeah. The Bengals took him out and he's, you know, he still played, but all those things are trending down now for the Steelers. And it's possible the Browns win their division, take over the home field in the playoffs. And the Steelers are going to be a one or a two win team in the playoffs and done. Well, I, I, unlike most of the Monday night games, this, uh, this season, I actually watched, the majority of that game last night, it was just a commentary on what was not on TV. Right. Um, and <laughs> Roethlisberger had a good second half, but he threw for 19 yards in the first half. And, and everything the Bengals did was, was right. Everything the Bengals did was, um, you know, they, 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 they didn't make many mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the, you know, there was just something off with Roethlisberger at the beginning of the game. And then the second half, you know, they made it a contest, but, and, and the Bengals became more like the Bengals, but I mean, nobody was, and I'm not defending Roethlisberger cause I don't like him, but nobody was, nobody was criticizing him for being a fat pig when they were 11 and all. Right, because maybe he was going to be like Babe Ruth and get away with it. But it's hard in the NFL to get away with it, especially when you start getting down late in the season when guys wear down. And I I see it in young guys that are too heavy. I see it on the Jets. This is a 37, 38-year-old quarterback. I I think it more has to do with the fact that they – you know, their uh, number one running back, uh, Connor, 
had COVID and has been in and out of the lineup the last few weeks with a, I think it's a leg injury um, that they've, they've lost, I think the, basically their entire linebacker core. So their, their once vaunted defense is now, you know, slightly above average, you know, the, the season has caught up to them. Um, I mean, did COVID make him throw that interception? Did COVID make him fumble the ball twice? No, Roethl- Roethlisberger didn't have COVID. It was Connor. No, no. I mean, you're saying the running back, but I'm saying, did that make him throw an interception? No. Did that make him fumble the no, ball? No, twice? No. no. He no. looks like an old quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I, I he's I, a Hall of Famer. Like we get that chat room, like we do. Right. Yeah, but right now we're just talking about the here and now, going yeah. into the stretch run with an older quarterback that looks old. Tom Brady looks five years younger than Ben Roethlisberger, as an example. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but I, the thing is, they both have like really good supporting casts around them. Uh, I, I find it funny that the Steelers have like the the receiver core that has the most drops in the, in yeah. the NFL, which is which is hilarious. But yeah, no, it, it's I mean, I mean, this is just it, this is just a weird football season. I think it's going to end up, you know, with Kansas City winning it again because they just seem like they're. Well, I think they're, we all think that. Yeah, I mean, look, machine. Roethlisberger's got ten interceptions, ten. In 14 games. Yeah. No, I mean, he, he hasn't been perfect. And I think it was just like somebody said on the, on the, uh, on a podcast I was listening to that the Jets were not an 0 and 13 team, that they were better than that. Right. You know, I think that the, the, the Steelers were not as good as being an 11 and 0 team. Agreed. But, but, uh, but, Russ, the funny thing is, just to touch on what we talked about yesterday and hack, um, the fact that, a Jets fan who was on the Bill Simmons podcast, who basically, you know, was of the opinion of, of course the Jets screwed this up because it's the Jets. You know, they, 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 yeah. they, I know. they have not, they have not had a, an awe-inspiring central figure in terms of a player since Joe Namath, and they had the opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence and have that type of player for the next decade and of course they effed it up because they're the jets now i you know i'm not going to be you know only a jet fan can say stuff like that i say that about the bills all the time and i'm still hesitant to be positive about the bills being good because they for 25 years they've sucked so you know but honestly it's like i mean and this is the argument that Eck and i get in all the time when you have a chance to tank when you when if you're a fan and you're rooting for a for your team to tank, you are not rooting against your team. You are rooting for your team because your team sucks. And I get it, but you, again, you get something good out of your team sucking. But you can't convince players of that, and that's why no, you no, no. The only the GM could you know decide who's playing on the team, but then even the coach a lot of times will override the GM and that damn. And they'll talk about it, you know, after the game. Last last um, stat here that I have for you, Mike, while you're defending Roethlisberger. Last year he had, um, and I'm sure you feel dirty doing it, 23 sacks, 129 yards lost. This year only 12 sacks, but 109 yards lost. And that's because he can't get away anymore. Yes, Funky, this is my Austin Matthews tank speech. This is a golden <laughs> oldie. And it's right because look now, four years into it, what the Leafs got because they sucked for a year. I rest my case. Start the show. <laughs> yeah. 
they've got. I don't even know how we got on to this and how it turned from football into the Leafs. I don't even know how that even happened, man. I can transition with the best of them, Russ. Well, with trans, with with, you know, with with tanking, there's not. It's a real short trip to Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) So we know that, right? Um, Yes, that didn't take long. (laughs) Not at all. Crazy. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I um, yeah, I am. I had that wonderful moment where you like you have a puppy and you and you just like you're getting ready to do something and you step in what they what they've done in the house. Oh yeah. Had that moment just a few seconds ago. So that was fun. So Eck, is this like a West Virginia backdrop you've got here? Uh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm back in the I'm back in the puppet studio today. Where, where's the still? Yeah, I know. No, it's over there. It's right over there. Yep. I'm back in the puppet studio for sure today. So okay. the banjo's in the background. Okay. You'll see, this, you'll see this, you'll see this uh backdrop if you check in or the uh latest puppet video ah. that's coming out soon. I mean it's really good. I like it. No, it's cool. This this is this is yeah, this is uh this is where one of the I was thinking about spitting in the bucket, but it's not oh, really yeah, no, it's a nice it's a, it's a wonderful room. <laughs> I, I'm using my iPad today. I'm using my iPad to do this today, so um it's interesting because because my because my main computer that I use to do this is actually editing is that my son's actually using to edit his video. Ah, so uh, it's my first time using an iPad in this situation. So I, I don't know quite where to look. Like, are you over there? Yeah. No, you're you're looking there. You're, you're looking to the right of okay, so the camera. Yeah, that, that, there yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah. So look right there. But okay, I cool. want to point out one more thing in the background. I'm pretty sure that bucket is for urine. To be honest. Um, <laughs> this, one. Uh, this this one over here. Yeah, yeah. The, on that, not that side. The other side. Yeah, this side the one that's here. hanging on the wall. Oh, this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's right next to the bidet. No, I think it's for urine. Well, it's over, that's for soup. It's over top of a roaring fire there. That's, that's, All right. Yeah, unless you're boiling your urine. Sorry. That's what they deep fried their trout well, in. Depending on what era it is. It's possible. It's possible. It, um, did, it did cure things, as my grandfather told me. True, true. It's pure. <laughs> Let's get to the show. Okay. All right. Um, it's the 22nd. Should we have... um? Karen, should you, we should have Karen just go after after Mike. So that's yeah. fine. Can introduce yourself after that, okay? Cool. Hello, Hockey World. It is Tuesday, December twenty second, two thousand and twenty. I'm Michael Agello, and thanks for the memories. <laughs> I'm Karen Einstein. Your report on the ad from Hockey Buzz. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I am Eklund, and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the coming and going in the hockey world. And today, um, big news, the big news that's just rip-roaring through everything right now is the apparent imminent signing of Sammy Vatnin to the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and I um, it hasn't happened yet, at least that I not that I know of. I've been offline for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. as I was showering the dog... Uh, remains off my feet but um <laughs> I, I think this is i mean with that with cleft bomb being done you know for the year opens up some space and that and you need help on the power play now he's as we know he's a right-handed he's a right-handed defense he plays the left side right um we well, can play both sides but the, the, he, mainly the power- is, he really has played his whole career on the left side as a right-handed defenseman right that is his specialty um so that's why it doesn't work in toronto um but i think that this is um this is, I, I think that this, I honestly think that I could see this working out better than Clefbaum in some ways. Um, I'm, I people are saying, oh, he doesn't come close to Clefbaum. He's not, he's not. I mean, Clefbaum just came off a career year. Yeah. Clefbaum's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think that if this works out right, say, so Sammy Vatnin goes in there and signs a, I hear he might sign a multi year deal actually. 
um, because there's money. Edmonton has money next year, um, right? To burn. So therefore, you can get Vatnin to come in this year, use the cleft palm money this year, and then bring that keep Vatnin in after this year. Um, well, you have to you have to factor in the fact that Edmonton believes they're probably going to lose a salary in the expansion draft. So, you know, that might right. be a factor. Right. That's a factor, too. I yeah, think they, at the end of the day, I like what Vatnin brings as far as um, all around play and definitely now the power play for the Oilers, you know, was like crazy last year in terms of it was really good. No, it was the, no, it was the penalty kill, right? It was the penalty kill that was crazy. Penalty crazy kill good was on great. The terrible yeah. at home. Yeah. Well, let's say this. Vatnin, Vatnin on the power play is not going to be a factor for Edmonton in terms of them signing him or not signing him because they have Tyson Berry, and Tyson Berry will be the right. power play quarterback. Right. But the, the factor well, here is if you need two defensemen on the wing, and Cle- it was going to be – Yeah, Cle- you're, number one, be you're number one power play. Your number one power play plays eighty percent of the of the time, so it's you know I mean yeah you I think you can get away with putting Darnell Nurse on the second power play for forty seconds you know yeah it's, I mean, it's, Batman it's, last year had nine point nine assists on the power play it's not exactly inspired yeah, but where look where but, he played I mean this is I know very, I know different but, scenario if you got if you're suddenly a quarterback with all those wide receivers that you got in Edmonton. I mean, but I, I think the factor in terms of the multi-year contract, like you're like you're talking about, is the fact that Adam Larson's in the last year of his contract, and so is and Barry was a one-year contract. They have young defensemen coming who will be on their entry-level contracts, like Broberg, and and Evan Bouchard, who might play this year. So if they sign Vatten into a two or three-year deal, then it makes sense because they, you know, like you said, they don't have a lot of money committed uh, on defense going forward. But that right. being said, I, I, you know, I mean, it would make sense with Clefbaum being out for the year that they would be in on Vatnin. I actually think that a, a guy like Travis Hamannick is a better fit for Edmonton because what's what's one thing that the Edmonton defense, other than Darnell Nurse, can't do? They can't play defense. Right. And that's yeah, the problem. I think, that, I think that is better defensively than you guys do. I really, I really. It's okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I mean. I don't think he's as good as Hamannick defensively, but he's a better skater. So, yes. you know, you might go with puck possession on that. Um, Break it up for you guys. I'm getting weird breakups. No, 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 it's fine. Um, but here's here's the thing, Eck. Um, while this does replace Clefbaum, they still don't have enough depth on forward. At right. forward at the forward right, position. Give me a second, guys. I'm going to come back in. Okay. I, I, yeah, I'll just say well, it. They, they don't have enough depth with their forwards. You're sure. still talking about you've got to get complimentary guys – to help out some of their really talented scorers that aren't McDavid and Drysaitel. Well, Corinne, right Corinne, let, let, let's talk about the Oilers because working again. Russ was breaking up for me, but not you. That's weird. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm uh, back. You, 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 you sound fine, and and, and yeah, Russ, Russ sounded like he was um, talking through an oscillating fan. So, but okay, it's fine. It's only everybody else. But Corinne, let me ask Corinne on the on the Oilers. I mean. You know, I, I was talking about the the, uh, and we'll talk about this later. The odds for you know who's going to win the, each particular division, and Edmonton is the second favorite in the North behind the Leafs. Um, and you know, the, the Leafs are a little under two to one. The Oilers are a little under three to one. And I find that um, if those odds came va- came from Vegas, it's clear to me that Vegas doesn't know a good goddamn about hockey because. The Edmonton Oilers, other than other than the Ottawa Senators in the North, they have the worst goaltending with Koskinen and Mike Smith, and they might have the worst defense, defensive core. 
after you know with the loss of Clefbaum, uh, with you know Chris Russell and 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 uh, Adam Larson, I, you know I think their only really good well-rounded defenseman is Darnell Nurse. Now that Clefbaum is out for the year, so I mean I, I don't get it. They you know they're they're being made a second favorite because of two guys, Drysaitel and McDavid. Yeah, she's. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't know you were. Uh, you wanted my take. No, I, Sorry, I keep missing the sound. Uh, okay. But yeah, you're totally right. I mean, they do make a big deal out of uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they do that every year. But if one thing, if the Oilers have proven one thing over the years is that you can't just build around offensive talent. You need something else. I mean, they've been where number one draft picks go to almost die for years now. I mean, we've had Beverly, we've had Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall, we've had loads of them, and they just can't get the recipe to win. And if you look at their off-season move, they brought who? Uh, Turris, Barry, and the goaltender Forsberg as the third option. I mean, how, how does that help you? Yeah, and Jesse Poyarvi's back, and maybe he'll do something. Maybe he won't. Um, you know, I still think their bottom six isn't very good. I mean, yeah, you know, Cassian plays a role, uh, but, you know, they've got a, a great top six, and then bottom six is like, eh, and then the defense, yeah. and then the defense is like average, and then the oh. goaltending is below average. The okay. defense got a lot worse with uh, Clefbaum being injured, and you can't replace a Clefbaum with a Barry. Barry is more an offensive Right, fourth, and you can't really do anything defensively. But, you know. Right, Mark Peterson is our our resident uh, Oilers defender in in the chat, and okay, I like Ethan Bear. I think he's a good young defenseman. Bear is Caleb, good. Yeah, Caleb Jones. I mean, I like the bloodlines. It's, it's uh, Seth Jones' younger brother. But it, there's I, a big drop off. Like, it's yeah, not I mean, even close to Seth Jones. May, maybe, know. maybe, you know, maybe he's maybe he's a good bottom pairing guy. I'll I'll, I'll give him that. I mean, let's just say I, I would rather have Caleb Jones than Chris Russell. Chris Russell is a that's, hideous, that's fair. Yeah, is, is a hideous defender. He's slow and he's he's blocked shots for years. And he's you know he's not. I I don't think he's an NA. I think he's barely an NHL defenseman now. Um, and I, 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 you know, uh, Funky mentions in the chat, uh, Broberg and Bouchard, who I mentioned, they're coming and they're really good, but they're not ready yet. I think um, Bouchard may be ready. Broberg might be ready. Yeah. yeah, but you lost your number one defenseman in Clefbaum, number one. And if Ak is right, or if the rumors out there are right, you're replacing him with Sammy Vatnin, who I think is a really good number four defenseman in this yeah. year in this league a second pairing guy who can log 16 17 minutes that's not a top pairing defenseman and when you lose Clefbaum for a, for the year you're going to take a hit and their defense was already bad yeah i just i look at them they'll get through the regular season they'll make yes. the playoffs cuz almost everybody's going to make the playoffs but again their depth isn't great and they're not built for a long run here. And, and that still has to worry Oilers fans. Yes, making the playoffs is good. Don't get me wrong. And everybody's got a chance when they're in it. But you're going to see when they start to match up against some other teams that they're going to be outclassed. And, and that's, a, that's a problem. Well, Will I think they even get a chance to match up against other teams? I mean, do you see them making the playoffs and coming out of the, the Canadian division? I'm I see. Sure. I, okay. I, I, I'm Russ That's and a I, fair point, too. I mean, because it is the Canadian division. You're right. 
Well, Ru Russ and I are of different opinions, and, and people think I'm putting on airs when I when I say this. I truly believe the Edmonton Oilers will not make the playoffs in this division. Yeah, I can't wow. say that yet. It's, it's that it's the top four, and it's the top four in this division. I think the I, I'm not saying the Leafs are going to win the division, but I think they're going to be one of the top four. I think Calgary, with the addition of Markstrom, uh, and and retaining the core of Goudreau and Monahan and Kachuk. Um, uh, that, the, you know, and I think they'll probably, they'll probably add another defenseman before, um, uh, before the, the season starts. I think they will be one of the top four. I think Montreal, Corinne, with the upgrade on their blue line, uh, with, with the, uh, with the adding of a quality number two in Jake Allen and with, if, if the forward additions work and I, the only one I'm really scared about and I'll ask you about this. Is Josh Anderson? I mean, I think I love Josh Anderson. I just don't know if he, whether he can stay healthy, and that's the big concern with him. Yeah, well, I'm, that's what I'm hoping as well. But I do think he'll be the perfect uh, addition to complete the line with uh, Jonathan Drouin and Nick Suzuki. Yes. That guy's a big body that can go and retrieve the puck against the boards, which Jonathan Drouin never does. Let's face it. And Anderson, you know, he can create his own goals as well, and he's not afraid to go and battle. So yeah, that. That's a great addition for the Canadians. And having Toffoli as well just means that yes. you can put him on the third line and you've got a top nine now on which everyone can score. If you put him on the left and you leave Armia on the right with Kotkaniemi, that brings Archery Lekanen down to your fourth line. And Lekanen, I mean, he's a finish with no finish. We've all seen it over the <laughs> years. It's so annoying. Right. So if he's on your fourth line, he's not much of a annoyance anymore yeah. so yeah i am i am very optimistic for the abs this season i don't think i've ever been this excited after enough season of the uh yeah i kind of think i kind of think it's between calgary and um and montreal for that last spot that's what i that's the way i'm thinking about it well okay so i think you know toronto calgary montreal and then it's vancouver winnipeg and edmonton battling for the last spot so that's uh, I, mean, I think Vancouver's. I mean, unless Travis Green does poorly, like I think he could, yeah. um, I think Vancouver will will be in there. But um, he's got to you know pull his weight, and if he does, they'll be in there. They've got enough guys. Yeah. See, now I've I got think. trouble discarding Winnipeg personally because they do have yeah. Ellibach. He's heck of they a do. But they also have a they have a lot of issues, and and they also have a Patrick Laine who doesn't want to be there. I mean, there's a, yeah, there's they a have lot some of issues. There's a they lot of stuff going around the league right now about Patrick Laine. I mean, that's a really, I mean, you know, this isn't like quite like the, uh, you know, well, the what's it, it, this? Uh, this is yeah, Truba. This is not Truba exactly, but it's it's close. It's getting close, and the issues well, are really very real. They have they have issues, but the but the thing is, um, I don't think that they're going to affect Laine's production because it it behooves him to have a big year. It because, does, but I don't, I'm not convinced Line is going to be there. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I really am not convinced that Line is part of that team moving forward. Well, I think he will be. They brought back Stashny, who plays really well with him. And I think I mean, they did that. You're right. And, and, the, and the initial thought was, you know, and, and logically, we all say, okay, yeah, okay, that, that's somebody Line wants to play with, and he'll he'll bring up Line's points. But the other thought, but immediately, it wasn't long after that that they did that, that they were still moving, they were still trying to move him. Um, yeah, they're not. But, but I, I don't I don't think that they'll move him the, within the year this year in the off season. Sure, I think you know with, with going into his RFA year, I and mean, that's the thing. He's going to put up big numbers. He's probably going to try to you know score over 30, 35 goals in a fifty six game season with with Stasny as his center. 
uh, with, with Wheeler and Shifley on, on the top line and then set himself up for the big payday, which is something that Winnipeg and Shevel Dayoff aren't going to do. So I think he'll get traded, but he won't get traded in, in season. It'll be I, out of the year. I think Line no. could be causing problems in that locker room. That's what I think. Maybe. Yeah, I do. yeah, but also, if you try to trade someone this season during the season, how on earth does that work? Right. I mean, if you're sending a guy to an American team, what is he? No, it's, like, a, it's a hard situation. I think, I think that if he gets traded, it happens before the season. I'll throw it out there. Yeah, I, I don't I, think I, he's going to – I don't think they could trade him that quickly. We're talking about a, a two-week period, Eric. They could have traded him all offseason, and now they have literally less than two weeks. And they've been talking to people the entire time, and they weren't going to do anything until they knew exactly what, this, what the economics were for okay. this year. So, I mean, the, the fact is that they are – I I've, I do believe, you know, there is no trade freeze um, right now. Um, like, we normally have the seasonal trade freeze, right, that's going on. There's no trade freeze this year. Well, and, um, and – Corinne, Corinne, the uh, I mean, right now they're saying that the the uh, quarantine period would be a, a week, but as we get closer to the deadline, and we'll talk about the date, the date, the key dates of the season. Yeah, you know, we like we may be able to cross the border in March. So if 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 if, Mar if, if we can cross the border in March, then there's not going to be any delays in trading. So, I mean, right now there are delays, obviously, because they had to go through and make a, can, a Canadian division and, you know, the border is still closed. But two months down the line. I mean, there's two kinds of teams that Line A can't get traded to this year. The two kinds of teams Line A can't – I mean, there's, there's two kinds of teams he can get traded to. He can get traded to a team that thinks they're very, very close and realizes that they have, they have some cap space opening up next year and can figure out a way to do it this year. Or he can get traded to a team that's nowhere near close, like perhaps like Detroit, New Jersey, a team like that. That that could that where that has all the cap space in the world, and that Line sure. can go and just be the guy there. Um, Detroit, I've heard, has huge interest in Patrick Line, and that I don't know how that's going to work out exactly. Um, obviously, there's lots there to have. That, there, there are so much that has to get worked out, but Eisenman's good at this kind of stuff. And you know, if he wants, if Eisenman wants him, they you know, do they have the assets to make it happen, Detroit? I don't think he. I don't think Eisenman wants to add any money to his team right now. I don't. Yeah. Line is Line is Line is adding a he's, he's adding a young. It's player. adding a lot of money to a bad team, right? A lot I of mean, money to a bad team, but he's a star, and he's yeah, he's, he's, he's you know, not really they, they the tickets in Detroit, but they have to sell tickets in Detroit. They have to. They have to. I I, I get that, but but okay, yeah. Detroit has to to add a player like Line. Detroit has to be in a position that they're ready to win. Right. All, all doing line. All doing. Uh. All, all that. Adding line A now does is screw up your plan to rebuild your team because you want yep. top ten draft picks. You want to develop your youngsters at a at a at a good pace. You don't want you don't want to do what Toronto did ten years ago and add a, a star winger in Phil Kessel who is not a core player. I don't as good as Patrick Line is. He's not a core player. He's oh, yeah, he's player. the finishing. He's the cherry on top of the Sunday. Yep. If, if Montreal player. added Line with the current team that they have right now, he'd be perfect because they need scoring. But to Detroit or New Jersey, it would be idiotic. I disagree completely. I mean, I just I think know. that. No, I, I just, I really, I think that, you know, you don't get, I mean, Patrick Line, okay, it depends what you think. If you think Patrick Line is a, the bad Patrick Line from a couple of years ago, or it was pretty good last year, Patrick Line. No, he's a good player, but in yeah. two years, Lucas Raymond's going to outscore Patrick Line. Right. And you're, and you're going to probably have to end up. Why would they do that? You're probably going to have to. I really, I'll take that bet, Russ. I mean, I think, right. I think 
I like I like Lucas Raymond a lot, and I'd rather have Lucas Raymond on my team. But to say he's going to out out goal You're, score, Patrick, I didn't say goal score outscore. He'll have more points. He might have more points, but dad, if you're a goal scorer. You're probably um, going to have to pay Patrick Line, whoever it is, you're probably going to have to pay him about the same amount that Colorado is paying Miko Rantanen, which is around $9 bucks. And it makes no sense for Detroit to pay Patrick Line $9 bucks when they're one of the worst teams in the league. But this is it no different no than if you drafted Patrick Line and you had him, okay? This is like if you if you draft him, you're going to have to pay him. You know, if it's a bad team that could they could tank. Yeah. And they could wait four years to draft Patrick Line, or they could get Patrick Line now. No, no, but there's a difference. When Patrick Line was drafted, he didn't have the ego he has now and the problems fitting into a team that he has now. Now we know that. Right. Now it makes it a lot more difficult. And if you drafted Patrick Line, you get him at $925,000 for three years plus bonuses. In this instance, if you trade for him, first of all, you're trading young prospects to get him. Then you're yeah. having to pay him $9 million bucks. Forget it. But you and then the ego kicks in, and then right. when Lucas Ringman arrives and outscores him or whatever, then you get the bad attitude lining back because he's right. not the guy anymore. Right. He sucks all the oxygen that. out of the locker room, is what he does. Yeah, uh, I think that I'm, I'm going to over. I think that's overselling Liney's attitude a little bit. Like I'm not. I, I mean, I've heard he's got a bad attitude in not wanting to stay in Winnipeg, but does he have a bad attitude in general? I mean, well, how the, do we know? You know, how do you know? I mean, you have to have scouts for that kind of thing. And you have to, and basically what the, the book on line A before he went to Winnipeg was never attitude issues. Was it Russ? I mean, he was always like, he's a good guy. I mean, I've, he, I've talked he to was a good guy. Like, and then I, don't he's get, I don't get the impression he would be a locker room cancer everywhere he went. Well, I, I think he's changed a bit since his big contract. That's what I've noticed. I Maybe. think the problem is in the hockey world, if you start saying I should be playing with these player, I'm the best on this team and you should make me play with the best players. You just lose your room right there, and yeah. you kind of get a bad rep. I don't disagree with that at all, Green. But I think that I, I mean, I do, I do have an issue with like the fact that you know he has made some mistakes, he's made some stupid things. He's gotten, he's been frustrated a couple times in Winnipeg. He's still young and making and saying stupid things. Right. But but after spending five years in Winnipeg, basically, I mean, okay, he's a really great scorer, but is he? thought of in the same breath as Shifley or Wheeler or Bufflin before he retired. No, he's looked at looked upon as a, as a, like I said, a cherry on top of the Sunday. He's going to expect to go to his next team and be the man. And the problem is, is his game is not, is not conducive to being the man. He's a finisher. He's not a cornerstone player. He's the man until he gets into the room with like somebody like Dylan Larkin who puts him in his place. Okay. Like there's, there are certain guys that can help. There's, there's guys that can fix that. I don't know what, I don't know that Shifley has the same kind of. Oh no, Shifley does. I don't think the problem is there's no question line A is headstrong. He has always been headstrong, but it's not a problem if he's headstrong, if he's scoring 40, 50 goals. Snipers are headstrong by their nature. Right. I mean, let's admit it. Like snipers, if you're a sniper, you, you, not all of them. But most guys, you know, when you have a when you have a sniper on your team, anybody who's ever played in a, on a hockey team knows that your like top scoring guys are going to be are going to be that way. It's just like that. And part of being part of scoring that many goals comes from that attitude in the first place. You know, like that's not that part of that has it's it's, it's do you bring that in the locker room? Are you really a problem in the locker room with your with your teammates? Are you talking down to your teammates, or are you just think that you're the well, stuff? And they're he did complain about his he did complain about his line mates. He did do that he in the past. 
but also that he's also you're also dealing with a coach there, Russ. That I think is I think it's more about getting out of Winnipeg. I think with Line A is more about the coach than getting out of Winnipeg. Well, the coach is there is going to be there beyond Line A. I can tell you that. Right. I don't know about that. I'd love to get Peter's version, Peter Teste's version of this at some point because I I he's think too busy that, stitching up his he's too busy stitching up his finger from his little ice fishing uh, expedition. <laughs> But I'm just saying that, you know, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think you guys are underselling line A's importance to around the league and, and the value around the league, which is pretty high. Well, no, I, okay. I, I am saying that line A has value, but okay. Line A would be a great addition. Not Phil Kessel, Mike. He's not Phil Kessel. I no, think he's not Phil Kessel. They're not the same type of player. No, but but he, I mean, line A is the second pick overall. He, he's, he's, he was better at this point than Kessel was when the Toronto got Kessel. Whoa, 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 whoa. Kessel was at fifth pick overall, and he scored 30 goals every year. Yeah, Line scored what? How many goals has Line scored? He scored. I mean, you know, he's. I know he scored over four. I mean, I think they're comparable yeah. in terms of in terms of their roles on their particular teams. Remember, in Boston, he was a complimentary guy. You know, when they had Lucic and Bergeron and Marchand and Sagan, and then he was traded or, or Sagan after the fact because he was tra traded for the pick that Sagan was drafted uh, by, uh, drafted with. But right. um, when he went to Toronto, he was. Brian Burke brought him in to be that cornerstone star player and right. how his tenure worked out over seven well, years in, in Toronto proved that he was not that. And line a is the same. Yeah. The problem is you have to pay him six, seven this year. Yes. And then he is going to ask for more than that. Even if he only scores 30 goals, exactly. he's going to ask for more than that. Right. And most teams aren't going to want to pay him more than that in a bad economy right now. Yeah, well, that's why I look. That's why I kind of look to Detroit because there's. I mean, New Jersey is a different scenario. It's a different situation because New Jersey doesn't have the doesn't have quite the fan backing that Detroit has. Detroit has right. solid fan backing. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit will sell tickets. I'm sure they make more money on their TV deal than the Devils do. Yeah, and Lining will make money for the Red Wings. There's no two ways oh, about but that. We, but we know how Eiserman builds teams, and he doesn't build teams around. You know, he builds teams around guys like Stamkos, around guys like Hedman. He doesn't no, build teams. Historically, Detroit or in Holland, who's built, you know, who in, in Detroit is to built teams through the draft for sure. Um, and you know, and you're right, and that, and you know, and 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 Iserman in Toronto did, and in Tampa did the same, did the same kind of things. And Iserman is a Holland disciple. Iserman right. and Holland are very similar. To each other. Okay, and so, he also saw Holland's mistakes that he yeah. left behind in Detroit, and yeah. he also saw that he's got at yeah. least four guys that he'll have to pay in the future who are top talent guys, why in the world is he going to give a, a long-term contract to Line A? Yeah, it, it, so in t in Tampa, he got his centerpiece, centerpiece center in Stamkos first overall. He got his number one defenseman, his linchpin number one defenseman, second overall with Victor Hedman. Mm -hmm. And where did he get his sniper? In the third round, Nikita Kucherov. Right. He didn't draft him in the top five. Yeah, he, didn't, no, he, got, he didn't trade assets for him. That's what that's and what he drafted I, his goalie too. And he drafted his goalie in the first round. So no that's what he, he went out and spent a ton of money on Stamkos. You know, and he did and he kept Stamkos there, but you know, still they, they still went out and spent a ton of money on him because he realized he was a star. Not as much as but, everybody else would have, but yes. You know, it, it, you know eight and a half million dollars instead of eleven or twelve, which Toronto or somebody else would have paid him. At that point, I don't think it was. I don't think they could have gone to eleven even with the cap. Um, but I think that you know, at that point, that number was around nine, no matter where he went. I mean, it was more, slightly more in Toronto, perhaps, but you know, it wasn't like ten or eleven or twelve. Um, but because no one was signing for that at that point, the cap. But 
I, I, you know, it's to me, I think that there's more to, we have, you have a very creative guy in Sheveldayev who is very good at, good at making creative moves. He has done it in the past. He, he won't, he also, we have a guy in Sheveldayev who's proven he's never, you can never force him to make a move. So line A is not going to force his hand either. Like he's not going to move line A. He's not gonna make a bad trade for line A, put it that way. He's not going to move line A out just for the hell of it. You know, just like he never moved Jacob Trouba out for the hell of it. But, well, you know, he also may not be able to move him out just because nobody wants his salary either. Right. I think that's I think that's I think that people see him as a as a perennial 50 goal scorer. And that's something that you can always trade. OK, so like if you're the Flyers, why don't you just trade? Um, they tried. They tried. And they 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 probably they probably would have done it. You know, if I, I do believe if Niskanen doesn't retire, that the Flyers probably would have gotten it done. OK. Yeah, the Flyers tried to get it done. I mean, the the Flyers then their their focus had to shift to defense because the Flyers are more in that middle pack. Like, and that middle pack is the one pack that I don't think does make sense for Line A sometimes. Right now, has their focus shifted to defense? They haven't upgraded it at all. I don't yeah, have to disagree with you. And I disagree with you that they've tried. But that, that's, I'm just that's saying that's what they've been trying to do. And um, like he's, he's a perennial fifty goal scorer who's never scored fifty goals. That's the thing. He's right. He's a, he's he's a, a 20 goal talent. Right, and I agree with that. He's but yeah. he scored he scored forty four goals. That was his that was his top. Yeah, he yeah. had he had a terrible year two years ago where he scored a bunch of goals in one month, and then the rest of the year he was a, he, yeah. he was defensively a, a, a liability, and he played better last year. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm saying he is what. what Kessel was to Pittsburgh that last piece that got them over the top to win two Stanley Cups in a row. That could be line A for a team like Colorado or somebody who has a core group already assembled. But to make him the star, Steve Eiserman is not that stupid. He will not do it. Yeah, I agree. Line A makes me think of uh, Max Pacioretty in Montreal. Pacioretty was a good scorer, but he couldn't be your cornerstone. He had to be let go uh, and uh, sent to le to Vegas, and that worked out quite well for him. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, it's a good. It, I agree with your point, but I think that the difference is where you where you put line A, where you project line A. Basically, like if you're projecting line A to be a Patch Ready or a Kessel or somebody like that, you know, which are very you know, so far that's what he is. If, yeah. So well, he is. Yeah. He is. I mean, 45 goals his rookie year, but that, is, that's years ago. That's it, it is. But last year he was on what pace? He was on like a 42 goal pace. No, so, uh, he was on. He was he had twenty eight and sixty eight games, so he was on a thirty five goal pace. Thirty five right. goal pace, right? That's Phil Kessel numbers. Yeah, yeah, but not. But you know, we've already. But but what you, we know, Line has a better. He's got more offensive. He just has a better pace. looking shot. But if it doesn't go in, what's the difference? Right. Well, but what I'm saying, okay, and I'm not saying where I project him, but I'm saying there are people in the league that project him to be Phil Kessel or Mac or, or Pacioretty, and there's people in the league that project him to be like the poor man's Ovechkin. Okay, there are people that go both, and I've talked to people who do go both directions on that. Okay, you know, if, if they think he's going to be if, if he's going to be a fifty goal scorer every year, then he's the then he's Ovechkin, right? Now, wait, let, let me if let me get Ovechkin right now. If you're Detroit and you can go out and get a, what you think is Ovechkin, you do it. Yeah, but let me let me ask you this. Let me ask this question. Okay, so say say he's a poor man's of say he's a Finnish Ovechkin. How and, and Ovechkin scored fifty goals almost every every year. How long did it take Ovechkin to win a Stanley Cup? Four oh yeah, no, it doesn't. Years. Yeah, but that you know, and you can blame Ovechkin on. Oh, you can only partially blame Ovechkin for that. We've been down that road. He, he only he only won. He only became good enough to win a Stanley Cup when he had a supporting cast. I'm around not saying him. you don't need a supporting cast around Line A, but I'm just saying that you know you do you do need you know the supporting cast in Washington doesn't win a Stanley Cup without Ovechkin there. So right, like, but what I'm 
if you no, what I was saying is he needs the supporting cast, but he also needed to be coached by a Barry Trotz who made Ovechkin say, "Okay, I've got to play at both ends of the ice." Patrick Laine wouldn't recognize his own zone if it hit him over the head. Well, neither would Ovechkin at this point in his career. Right. I mean, honestly, and he didn't win anything. That's what, what I'm saying. saying. I'm saying. I'm just saying. You know, this things can change. He's a young kid. We're talking about what a 26 year, 24 year old kid. 23, 24. 23, 23, right? 22-year-old 20, kid. 22-year-old kid who's already yeah. scored 45 goals in one year, 38 in another, or projected 38 in another. Heck, 22 I'm, years old. Heck, I'm not saying that Patrick Laine sucks. I'm saying he's an, an extremely good talent, but where he fits is as a complimentary play, a high-level complimentary that. He's too young to put that on him. I mean, when, when they got Kessel, how old was Kessel in Toronto when they got him? 23. Okay, so he's 23, right? So the same okay. age as Line A. Okay, the same age as Line A. I got you, but not nearly Line A's skill level. I mean, he scored 30 goals twice before the Leafs got him. Yeah, but he didn't score 45 as a rookie. And I mean, he's Line A. Line A scored 30. Well, technically, Line A's. That was technically, ceiling okay. is higher, but he's not proven it really. Right. A one off right. is I'm not with you on that. No, I'm, I'm with I'm totally with Green. I'm, I'm with you on that. He hasn't proven it, but that's not always what the NHL is about. You know, like you have to realize these guys who are out there, you can't get star players, and that's why Burke did made the trade for Kessel. I mean, and it's like the, you can't get star players who are going to score forty goals for you. If, even, if, even if you think it's forty goals for you, don't get you can't trade for them. If one of them's available, you better believe that teams are looking at it. And I, I, I don't know if Brian Burke uh, wrote about it in his book. But that's why the Kessel trade was the biggest mistake of Brian Burke's professional yeah. career because he because he assumed that a guy like Kessel could be could be harnessed into a star player and I mean Line Eight will score he'll score 500 goals in his career right but he will not win a Stanley Cup unless he's on a team that has a core group nobody will. Will. Neither will neither will neither ne you know neither will Austin Matthews. I mean, it's like no, nobody unless you have a team around you, you're not gonna. You, I mean, that's that's just the way well, the Stanley. That was goes. the reason why they added John Tavares was because right, right, right. But you have to start somewhere, you know. And to me, the the, the issue here that you that you're kind of like ignoring is that the fact that this is one hell of a young talent that, that young talents in the NHL are not easy to find. And if some if you have if you have a guy who's like thinks okay, we got you know. This player or that player, we believe that he'll help get him into get him into line. I mean, right. I I still the the Kessel trade, and we'll move on after this. But the Kessel trade to me, I still don't think Burke was completely the person who made that deal. Like, and I say that because even though Burke will not write it or ever say this or admit to it at all, um, because Burke hated Kessel <laughs> prior to trading for him, which baffled my mind. Like I because I would talk to I talked to Burke about putting the US team together and he would sit there and say Kessel he doesn't he's never you know he would say terrible things about the guy about his ability he wouldn't come back he'd never back check never knew how to do this never did that da, da, da. so I'm, I was shocked when Ke when he made that trade for Kessel I thought that was never gonna happen in a million years and he made that trade I don't I still don't know and the pressure of Toronto whatever the media whatever it was something made him make that trade and yes he regrets it no questions asked right so um, I'm gonna tell you something surprising so Patrick Laine in his career so far is 0.45 goals per game. John Tavares in his career is 0.42 goals per game. Right. That's pretty surprising. And how many more points does Tavares get? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just saying yeah. that's why there's this problem with Laine. 
I get that. I, and I get, and that's, but he's 22. I mean, let's, let's give the kid like a chance to like become, and he's been in a situation in Winnipeg, you know, when, you know with a coach that is not that co- the coach in Winnipeg, we all know is like, is an issue with players. Okay, but I think he created his own situation. I do. Uh, with that coach, I'm not so sure. And okay. all I, and all, all I can, all I can say is if you look at the, the core players, the key players on the teams that have won Stanley Cups over the last decade. They're either defensemen, they're either big defensemen, Dowdy, um, uh, Hedman, uh, Duncan Keith, or they're centers, Kopitar, Taves, Crosby, Mal. Yeah. Only no, one, only one that's a winger, only one, that's Ovechkin. Ovechkin, exactly. And Patrick Line is not Ovechkin. He's not. No, he's not. I don't think he's Ovechkin either. But, you know, the question is, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be 100% Ovechkin. If he's 95% Ovechkin, that's better than every other scorer in the league. I don't think he's 95% Ovechkin. Yeah, and in, in a decade, will there be enough buy-in from a 31-year-old Line to play a two-way game and to, and to be a cornerstone of a, of a cup winner? Possibly. But right now you're talking about trading for a 22-year-old kid who scored a ton of goals, who is going to be – wherever he is getting a payday next year in the $9 million range. And if you're going to trade for somebody and give up probably a couple first round picks for that guy, the last thing you want is a guy who's an incomplete player. And Patrick line right now is a scorer. And that is it. Here's the gap. Here's the gap. Even if line turns into a half a goal, a game guy, Ovechkin is 0.61 in a 15-year career. It's not even yeah. close. Ovechkin, I mean, but he's 15 years in, and he, you know, and I'm not saying he's Ovechkin, okay? No, I'm no, not, but it's not even 95%. You're lucky if he gets to be 65%. Is he among the top five best natural goal scorers in the NHL? Line A. Maybe. Yeah, I'd say top 10. Top 10, top definitely. Give me, give me nine that are better than him. Well, I just gave you I Tavares. Who's right there? The natural goal scorer, Tavares? I mean, it would, I, I if you ask him to score goals like the Leafs did, he scored 40 goals. Ovechkin, he can score goals, no question about it. Ovechkin, Matthews, Tavares, Pasternak, Kucherov, that's five. Yeah, Pasternak is a better goal scorer right now than Line. Natural goal scorer, I'm going to say. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you those. I'll, I'll give you those five. But I don't think you're going to get much further than that. And no, I, think- I, I agree. Patrick Kane? Patrick Kane? No. I'm not going to go Patrick Kane on that. I mean, I think Patrick Kane's a huge, big goal scorer, but I'm not going to say he's, a, he's not like a 40-goal scorer all the time. I mean, he scores goals, you know, he scores big goals in big times. But I don't know. I'm, I know we're, we're waiting. Uh, I know I know, I know, know we're tying up too much time on this. But I just think I think it is interesting because I'm hearing – because I just got off the phone with people, with the people around the league, and the, and the opinion on Line is very different than the opinion you guys have. And the reason that's why I'm fighting for this other side. And and everybody should be it. trading for him, but nobody's traded for him. They're trying, and, 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 and we know we live. We live in an incredibly difficult time to make a trade. Like this is an unbelievably hard time to make a trade. That's why some people in the NHL get fired for making stupid decisions. But he's not like the last thing I'll say, and I meant this, really mean it, is that is this. I mean, he's not a complimentary player. Like you're you're saying you're going to bring him into Colorado. He's 22 years old. You you can't bring a 22 year old and say and put him on the third line and be like, okay, you be the third line. That's not what he is. Well, I don't I think, think Colorado. I use Colorado. He's got to be in the top. He's got to be on your top line. Colorado's not going to put does, him on. He does, and he wouldn't be able to play on the top line in Colorado. Right. So that's not what you want to put a twenty-two-year-old school scorer like him, right? I right. use so Colorado. 
I use Colorado as an example of a team that basically would trade for him to make a run for a Stanley Cup and then trade him as an RFA because they can't afford to trade him because afford to sign him because they're going to pay Landeskog, they're going to pay Makar, and they're going to pay McKinnon. A team like yeah, Montreal they have to give up way too much to trade. They have to give up way too much to get him. They probably give up a Bowen Byram and something else to get him. Uh, you'd have to give up more because. I mean, well, then you're not going to trade him. They're not going to give up Bowen Byron. Nobody's going to give him that on a one-year deal. That's I don't think they are either. I don't think they are either. And nobody would do that. Nobody. I mean, the fact is, the one you're the one. If you're trading for Line, you're trading for the future Line. You're trading for Line A beyond. You're not trading for the future Line. You don't have time to hand out a contract and hammer it out. There's no way. You have to trade for the future Line. You're giving. You're you're trading for your. You're trading for this guy to be. Part of your cornerstone. Yeah, I'll give you Connor Timmons and and a couple draft picks. That's what I'll give you. But the no, only it'll never happen. You know that. What, so. what what Russ and I are saying is that nobody nobody will be willing to pay the price that Winnipeg would be looking and uh, Winnipeg would be looking for Line A and Line A is going to end up being traded for significantly less because they're in a position where. They don't want to pay him, and probably most of the teams that are trading for him don't want to pay him. But we'll see. Let's, let's, we'll let's see. Move. We'll see. We'll see. I want to go back to Montreal, and I want to go back to Green because we haven't had <laughs> we have Green today, and I'm feeling like, feel, we haven't got a chance to talk to you. Um, so, Garen, um, the um, I, this isn't exciting. This isn't exciting. I'm a Habs fan, as you know, so this is an exciting offseason to see where this is going. Um, and we've had a lot of bad Habs talk on here lately. I was told. <laughs> so, uh, really. The, um, yeah, the reality is for Mike, not for me. No, I know, I know. I don't know more of the chat room. I was told the chat room was bad mouthing the abs. More All the chat room. room. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah, this I I like where they're. I really do want to see what Josh Anderson brings. I think it's a good. I think it's going to be a really fun. They haven't had a player like that in a very long time. Like, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But what's also good for Canadians this year? I think this uh, North Division is good for them. I mean, last year against Canadian teams, they had ten wins and five losses. Yeah, and they've improved since then. So, to me, that's good news. And for once, they actually have a real backup in Jack Al Jake Allen. So I think that's yeah. going to take some of the load off of uh, Carey Price's shoulder. Plus, Romanov is coming on on the blue line as well at Edmonton. So that means that Mete, Yulson, and um, Xavier Ouellette are not in your top six anymore. So that's good news too. Right. Uh, and up front, I mean, good. Uh, I've, I don't think I've been excited this much by a Canadian's offseason yeah. move uh, since, you know, when there was a camp where Gallagher and Galchenyuk were coming in, and I was like, oh, there might be something there. Right, and right. Then there hasn't been any great off-seasons. I mean, Bergevin did do the Subban-Weber trade, which I was quite frankly annoyed at at first. Clearly it was wrong, but whatever. And then it was the summer we sent Sergeyev for the Hawaiian, which I was like, eh, not sure about that. Yeah. But this season... This offseason, overall, I'm just like, wow, I can't wait to see some hockey here. Well, current, well, uh, yeah. I mean, there is, and I haven't been, I haven't been ripping the Canadians since the the offseason uh, because you know they, I thought they played well in the playoffs, and they, I like like the additions that they've made. They're as strong up the middle, one, two, three, with Suzuki, Kotkaniemi, and Dano than they've been in years. Yeah. Now the thing is, I think Dano is the key player there. He's entering the you know as a as sort of a shutdown guy, and he's yeah. in the last year of his contract. And with all the money that they've spent this off season, I don't know 
you know, unless well, they could re-sign him with if they let Tatar go after this year, and maybe that would. Honestly, I don't know. With all the money they've committed to Anderson, to Gallagher, to Petrie, right. and clearly Bergevin saw those players more important than Dano. But the fact is, if you let Dano go, you've taken two steps forward with the rise of Suzuki and Katniemi, and you're going to take a huge one back if you lose Dano, because right. Dano Dano is like Bergevin light. So like yeah. it's, not, sure. it's not as good as Bergeron, yeah, yeah. but for the Habs, that's their Bergeron. And they can't yeah, really yeah. afford to lose him, but I'm not sure they can afford to pay him. And uh, Bergeron in press conference after signing uh, Gallagher said, well, some players, if they want to stay, they are going to have to make some concessions and, you know, maybe leave some money on the table. And uh, Daniel was asked about that two weeks later. And he said, I don't think Marc was talking to me, um, was talking about my situation. Yeah, he, no, he's looking on to the get table paid. The last time. Dano yep. needs to get paid. This is his one chance to get a big contract. Yeah. The thing I it would is. worry about is the pressure on Romanov because now luckily they have Shea Weber because Romanov is not like an offensive dynamo like Shea Weber was when he was a young player. It's I, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be that much pressure on Romanov because uh, both Julien and Benjamin have said that they intend to bring him in slowly and actually okay. put him on the third pairing to start with. Okay. Just give him the time to acclimate and stuff, but he's not he's not as defensively minded as you would think either, because True. he didn't play as much minutes as he could have in the KHL. They were just right. trying to make him see if you don't sign with us, you're not going to play. Ha ha. Clearly, that right, didn't right, work. Right, he's coming. Right. But right. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what he can do. But they, they do, can do some things. Uh, but if they bring him along slowly, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I just that's not the bad way though. I just had the fear that they were going to put him on the, put him on the left side with Weber and play him twenty five minutes a night, and then then all of a sudden you no, know they won't do that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean other other organizations. I know, you know they, I know. But but this is the, this is the funny thing. Um, for years we've had, you know, I, I always look at the, the 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 Habs through the the Leaf Hab dynamic. Yeah. The Leafs, the Leafs have been, you know, the, the Habs have been traditionally the flying Frenchmen, the high-flying, offensive-minded Habs, the, you know, the 24-time Stanley Cup winners even. But now if you look at it, the Leafs are the high-flying offensive team and the and the Habs are the blue-collar team. And that's weird because the Habs have never been a blue, really a blue-collar team. Even that ninety-three, even the team in 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 eighty-six and the team in ninety-three, you know, they weren't blue-collar teams. They had great goaltending and they played good defense and they had Patrick Waugh. But this is a blue-collar team, and it's unusual to see that aspect. It is, but if you're gonna pay your, you know, your main goaltender ten million, the thing is, you're not gonna have that ten million to spend yeah. on the offense. So you do what you can't with your. No, that's what true. Got. And I also, I also think that that's uh, selling the speed of Montreal short a little bit. I mean, I, this is not. They're my, they're a workman type team, but they're a really fast team. I mean, I think they, they are speedy, yeah. but they they have trouble putting the puck in the net. And well, I don't, don't think that, that by just bringing there. Anderson it's and Foley, they've quite addressed that need completely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's step in the right direction, but they're still not an offensive dynamo. Right, Eck. It's not yeah. speed. I'm not saying that they're slow. I'm saying it's, it's yeah. mindset. They're, you know, it's the Claude Julian. You know, play the two way, play the two way <laughs> game, play a tough, play a tough game. He's basically adopted what he brought in Boston, in Montreal, and he's now assembled those workman like players. You know, Edmondson. Uh, you know, Weber's always been that type of guy. Petrie is that type of guy. Gallagher is a pain in the ass to play against. You know, where where uh, you know the Leafs are. Marner and Nylander and Matthews and Tavares—they're high, high-skilled, high-flying, 
for, uh, offensive-minded players. So it's going to yeah. be a, bat, a con- battle of contrast this year. I mean, I think for Josh Anderson, yeah. to me, with Josh Anderson, you know, like talking to people in Columbus, they love Josh Anderson, but they also said that he – they felt like he didn't play sometimes when he was, you know, play hurt enough, basically. They wanted him to play – he missed a lot of time um, because of injuries, and they just felt like, you know, sometimes some injuries that were – like, you know, not the kind of injuries other guys would have missed time for, you know, and it, it's hard for teams to really come out and say that directly, but that's sort of the impression I got. Um, well, yeah, but in, in the interview after signing, Anderson said that I did come back from a shoulder injury too yeah. fast once yeah, and exactly, that yeah. really hurt him. So he kind of learned his lesson. And I think that's a good thing. You yeah. need to know when you have to stop. I mean, look at Stamkos now. For sure. Did, for sure. Did, did but you I think... like stopping a bit earlier and taking his time? Probably. So, you know, if the guy is not 100% healthy and he doesn't hit another bad luck, then who knows what's the limit for him. I felt like that was a really smart thing for Anderson to say in that press. I heard when he heard it, just because I had heard the other, the other side of it from from Columbus. But at the same time, um, the pressure in Columbus versus the pressure in Montreal <laughs> to come back. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> very different. So if he's like, you know, they're going to ask him how his leg feels now, and then they're going to ask him 10 minutes later, how's your leg feel now? <laughs> You know, that that's what's going to be. That's a different that's a different world. Right. And so if Columbus thought he wasn't, you know, he's got to he's going to have to come back when he's ready to play. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not here to judge him. I don't know whether or not that's right or wrong. And I don't know whether or not that's actually what happened with him. I'm what I'm giving you is like and I always joke around about this, the one line thing. Right. Like the one line thing that people have about players, like the one the reason Columbus was OK moving him was because of that. That's what they said. And it was, and you know, that's, and that's not fair because it's the one line they have on the guy, right? They have, they'll say that about him. That's his thing. See, now I, I think it'd be interesting to see how he would act in a locker room that's got Gallagher that can play with a broken jaw and right, right. Yeah, yeah. skate with a Weber that played on a broken ankle for a year right. and that kind of leader. I don't think they have that in Columbus. I think Montreal, the guys would be, you know, leading by example and he'd be like, okay, I'm playing. Oh, I think, yeah, I, I think he, I think you have some really, I, I think the, just the pressure in general, you've got tough guys in both rooms, but I think the pressure in Montreal is definitely going to be there to, to, to perform and play. And, um, and, and the loss and, and Max Domi was a popular guy, right? Like he's a popular player to move out. Well, he, he was a popular guy. He really was, but we saw in the, the, in the bubble that he became kind of surplus to requirement because Suzuki and Katkaniemi were growing so much. And yeah, quite frankly, I was a big Max Domi fan, but you know, yeah. I saw it and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm okay with him moving now, even though and, I like yeah. the guy. And unlike a lot of players who are intimidated by like the, the attention of a big media hockey media market, Max Domi really gravitated toward it. You know, he loved that. He grew up as a son of a, of a hockey player. So to him, it was no big deal. Like right. in, for, in Toronto and his right. idol, his idol was his dad's teammate, Matt Sundin. So it's like, you know, yeah. but, but that's why that's the only thing I'm concerned about with Domi going to Columbus because I mean, Ohio state college football is bigger than the Columbus blue jackets in terms of the scheme of things and in, uh, in Ohio. So and I, I, you know, I'm a little concerned about that, but I, it, he got his new contract, so he should be good. Um, at- when Josh Anderson is on his game and when he's playing at his best, he's definitely better than Max Domi at his best. Yes. Yeah, but- I, I don't question that at all. I, I, and I like Max Domi a lot, but I, I think Anderson has a lot to him. Um, yeah, but, but the question, the question is, and the, and the, and I've heard this from uh, Columbus reporters. The question about Josh Anderson is sort of, you know, we what Corinne said about 
Gallagher playing on a, on a with a broken jaw or Weber playing on a broken ankle, that Josh Anderson is not that type of player, that he, he he's not willing to, unless everything right. is right with him, he can't play the way he needs to play. Now, that might be bull crap. We'll see. But also, remember he's got Torrance as a coach, right? And Torrance is like, a, can be a jerk about stuff like that. So that's the other issue. Yeah, like yeah. You know, Torrance yeah, isn't going to like – the other thing too is I, I like Domi a little better as a player. Um, I know people said, "Hey, he didn't look engaged." Whatever last year, he was deciding whether he was going to play at all because of his diabetes. So I think that may have weighed on him too. Yeah, yeah true. Um, to be honest, I don't think he could be that engaged in the playoff either. I mean, you put the guy on the fourth line and you right. set him with Jordan Wheel and da- uh, Jordan Wheel and yeah. Dale Weiss. I mean, right? Yeah, come yeah. On. yeah. The guy's thinking, I had <laughs> two points line. last year. What are you doing? To yeah, me? that's that's a that's a complete waste. Um, yeah. yeah, that is that is, that is a line. two thirds of that was run out of Philly on a rail. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll save the uh, we'll save the key dates thing. Until yeah, I, I want, but I do want to talk really quickly about um, the. And then we get, if you have anything else, Mike, you have something else? I have know? one thing. Yes. I mean, we can go just ahead, you go for two seconds. Derek Enlund retired now. He's finally getting – he's not – it's not front office. He's going to run the um, foundation and be like the special assistant to nice. Capoli. So. Nice. Um, I like that. You're going to see probably a lot of PTOs and one-year contracts signed over the next week or so, yep. um, especially goaltenders. It sounds like, uh, yeah. you know, guys like Jimmy Howard and uh, – Ryan Miller, if they want to continue their career, there are opportunities out there. Uh, the PTO that piqued my interest, and I'm going to write about this a little bit, Freddie the Goat Gautier, uh, according to Elliot Friedman, is getting a PTO from Arizona. Uh, <laughs> Friedman said the Coyotes are looking for a center. Well, they're still looking for a center if they're signing Freddie Goat. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is with PTO this year, there's not even any exhibition games. So that's no. kind of hard to evaluate. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how the PTO is going to work either. I thought the same thing, Karina. I, I thought the same thing. How, how is PTO even going to work? It's, I mean, it's going to just be practices. Yeah, he, um, it, it, they can it, 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 around it, it, and they can stay around with the team. He's going to make it until they sign. They need bodies in Arizona. As long as he yeah. doesn't look bad in practice, Tippett's going to say sign him. Yeah, and if they have Chipotle locations in in Glendale, then they'll be okay because we know Freddie loves Chipotle. I mean, Arizona's getting a lot of people texting me. I'm getting a lot of people texting me about Jimmy Howard. Um, and they're hearing Jimmy Howard and the Capitals. I, I was going to say, Ecto, before Jimmy Howard, Arizona's going to have fans. They came out and said that today. I heard that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Howard and the uh, Jimmy Howard and the Caps is, and I'm I'm I don't know what to make of that. Like uh, Jimmy Howard, you know. I love Jimmy Howard as a guy, and and you know he's, I've covered him in a lot of different USA situations and stuff like that. Um, and I think he play. I think he. I don't you know necessarily blame him all, for all, all of Detroit's longings. Um, Funky will in the chat room. Our Detroit expert will agree with that probably. But at the same time, he was terrible last year. Like really, really terrible. From what, I mean, Kevin Allen came on here and talked about how Jimmy Howard just was really, really bad. Um, the Caps need to get somebody solid in there as their backup. Um, then they shouldn't go with Jimmy Howard. I mean, I think Ryan Miller is a better option. The question is, will Miller is Miller willing to take a shot at the cup, you know, to come east again? Well, I think Miller's not going to do it because he was hired as an assistant, and it will look awfully bad if all of a sudden he doesn't ever become that assistant and all of a sudden is back to being a player again. Where was he hired as an assistant? I forget. Let me look. Because there was a Ryan Miller hired as an assistant GM in St. Louis, but that's not the Ryan Miller. Oh, no, that's like, right. He yeah, would be better off signing me than Jimmy no, that's Howard. Right. It was the I other Ryan that. Miller we were talking I'm, about. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I've been working out. My ice rink yeah, in the yeah. backyard actually is frozen. We actually are skating on it. Um, so, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. 
Is he going to come to the East Coast is the question. That is no. the question on no, Ryan Miller. He won't. He and, Craig, and Craig Anderson might not be an option. Like I've said on previous shows, Craig Anderson's wife is recovering, right. is in remission, I believe, from cancer. And with COVID, play, people who are have cancers or pre-existing conditions, yeah. they're more apt, they're more vulnerable to COVID. And I can't see him exposing himself and then exposing his wife. So maybe I'm wrong, but I, I haven't heard anything about Craig Anderson. Yeah, um, I, 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 I think we would have. I think we would have if he was going to play because I think I think there are some people who think he's a better goalie than some of the goalies we've already seen signed. Yes. Um, you know, so I think that at the end of the day, I agree with you. Um, finally, uh, the last thing is the schedule that came out that we're going to not come out, but it's been working its way around. Um, you know, I saw parts of it. One of the guys showed me part, showed me one of the things where actually a team was going to play four times in a row in a, in a city. Yeah, um, that's one team's doing that. Like two yeah. or three teams. Yeah, yeah, two or three teams actually, more than one. Um, so yeah, this is um, I I, 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 don't, I, don't, have a, I don't have a problem with it at all. And no. here's here's what I'm going to throw out there. That might not stop after COVID. I mean, the theory that I have oh, is that, I don't know about that. Yeah, there, no. there are players. There are players who have been like um, Jonathan Tays. You know, we talked about like who went through, thinks the NHL needs to be more green, and why are we traveling around as much as we are when we can go to a city and play two games there? Um, I'm not saying four games there, but I'm saying in the future, I bet we could see. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you. One of the things that continues yeah. from but, this will be the two games in two games at a time in a. In a, in a yeah, but the game. but the issue here is traditionally when you're talking about the you know now 32 game 32 team NHL when you're playing teams in your own division you're playing them four times in the year right. you're not playing them nine or ten. So if you play a double header Saturday Sunday Toronto and Montreal. That's the only two times that Toronto was visiting Santra Bell. No, I, I, but with, with Toronto, Montreal, it makes no sense. That's like a that's a train trip. That's a that's a short. I'm talking about like right. They, they yeah. don't fly to Colorado, Montreal. Arizona, going to going to Glendale twice. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I'm talking about like Dallas. You know, going to LA. For, you know, I'll, in the I'll tell you what the problem would be. Season ticket holders would complain. That's a lot of strain exactly. to put on them to show up four days in a row. Well, they're not going to play four days in a row. Mm -hmm. Okay, three out of four. Even that's hard for them yeah. to do that in a week. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it is, it is, and I think that in some some markets, it depends though what the robbery is. I mean, if it, if say you have, I'm trying to think of like a really like it used to be like that that the Predators, for example, would would yeah. they would their ticket sales would go through the roof every time Detroit came to town, right? Detroit was their team, and that was right. like they couldn't you couldn't get enough of the Red Wings. You can't get enough of Montreal in Florida, for like in Sunrise, Montreal comes to town. That's like their biggest because there's so many Canadian Montreal people living in living in yeah. Western, Eastern Florida. Um, but you know those those type of situations, you know, there's no reason not to do that for them. But in, in in other situations, yeah, I agree. But I do think the NHL is going to. One thing's for sure, they're gonna they're gonna like the money they're saving on this thing. The the the, the front offices are gonna be like, yeah, I like the amount of money we're saving on travel. That's not gonna go. They're gonna try to figure out a way to keep that going. Maybe. And 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 they're gonna they're they're gonna use economics, and they'll they'll probably even use you know good for the environment as an excuse to do it, you know, because, and, and it, it's not, it's makes sense to me. It is good for the environment. You know, I mean, it's not as much fun for us, baby, but there could be, there also might be some fun this year. I mean, if a team goes in and plays like to Toronto goes to Vancouver and plays three games in a row or whatever, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. For, it's going to be a fun. It's not going to be fun for the goalies. Well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's say this act. Um, I hope that the, uh, the Alberta provisional, the Alberta provincial government stockpiles their uh you know their police when Edmonton and Calgary play three games in a row against each other because there will be riots. 
Oh yeah, can you imagine? I mean, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, if it's if it's coming at the wrong time, and Toronto's got to play three out of four, Mike will finally get to see Aaron Dell as a Leaf. <laughs> yes, yeah, see to me. Yeah, you won't. I, I don't won't. think he's bad as a third string goalie, Ross. I think okay. I, I think I think I would almost bet money we're going to see Aaron Dell as a Leaf this year. So, um, <laughs> I think we're going to see that for sure. But I, I, and, you know, um, so as far as the divisions go, we the Canadian division. But before we leave, let's let's get Karen's your opinion on the, the, the how this how the Canadian division is going to play out here. Who do you think wins it? Uh, who do you think wins it? Mm-hmm. Sorry to throw you on the spot there, but uh, that's that's quite a tricky question. The Omer in me would like to say Montreal, but that's not happening. Yeah, um, I think I'm torn between Toronto and Calgary. Actually, I quite like Toronto and Calgary. Yeah, I actually am with you. On this. I, I think Calgary finally has the goaltending, and Toronto. Well, they've been, you know, they've been getting better over the years, and it would be time to step up eventually. So why not now? I don't. I don't think the goaltender is the problem in Toronto. They still haven't, and I think if they shore up the defense a bit, I, I think they might actually do it this year. I wouldn't like it, but I think it might. I like their offseason moves that they've made. This this is the most I like Toronto's offseason moves in a long time. I'll save my prediction till just before the regular season, but I will guarantee this: the winner of the North Division will not be Edmonton. I know you already have Edmonton not making the playoffs. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But we'll I think about. Toronto will win the division because they always play well in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, I think Toronto not playing Boston, they'll be very happy about that. Um, no Boston, it's no true, Boston. You, you can go an entire year without seeing the Bruins, you know, which is very popular. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Toronto then, fans will be sad about that. And then lose to them in the Stanley Cup final. That's what right. Right. Yeah, yeah, assuming they get there. I don't know that the Bruins are making the playoffs, guys. I don't. I don't think they are. I don't, well, I don't know. When are Parsonak and uh, who's the other one who's injured? Marsha. Are they going to be good yeah. for the start of the season? No, no. The, the They're missing time. They are going to miss some time. The speculation yeah. is they would be back by the first week of February. Yeah. The Bruins aren't. The Bruins and the Sabres aren't playing in that in that lousy Atlantic division anymore. They're playing in the friggin' Metro division now. It's going to be a different world for them. Oh, gonna, it's going to be a different world. They're going to be. They're going to have to see what it's like to play. That Metro division is tough. I mean, you got a lot of tough teams to get through in that division. Yeah, the Rangers are going to still have trouble with a team like the Bruins, don't Yeah, that lousy Atlantic division where the Stanley Cup finalist came from last year and, and the Stanley Cup winner came from this year. The lousy yeah. Atlantic division. Come on. That's true. Yeah, besides, but, but, you know, you also have you've – had, you've had Ottawa and Buffalo for a very long time up there, and neither of those teams has, has, been, has been anything. And, and the, you know, there's been nobody like that in the Metro division. No one. <laughs> All right. Corinne, thank you so much for coming on, and and make sure you check out your your blogs have been, and I've, I've tweeted about it a couple of times, but absolutely phenomenal work by you. Thank um, you, Emma. I love, yeah. I love, I love the stuff you're doing. It's really great. Um, I, and I, really, I really, I really enjoy it too, Corinne, but I don't read French. <laughs> That's no. why I'm doing it in both English and French because you know people I know are like, people are raving reading. about they're raving and raving about it all over the place, and um, you know it, it's wonderful. <laughs> It's it's so it's so great and um yeah it's just it's awesome it's awesome stuff so make sure you check it out and obviously Canadian fans are flocking to it in droves which is wonderful um some of the biggest numbers we've seen from Montreal fans since like Eric Engels you know and um, just awesome stuff so folks um that's it for today but we'll be back again tomorrow um and probably that'll be probably the last day of the week because Christmas Eve and Christmas I don't think we'll be doing shows um, but remember folks without the buzz it is just hockey we will talk to you then.